G'day you mob, Pete here, and this is another episode of Aussie English, the number one place for anyone and everyone wanting to learn Australian English. So, today I have a GOSS episode for you where I sit down with my old man, my father, Ian Smithson, and we talk about the week's news, whether locally down under here in Australia or non-locally <laughs> overseas in other parts of the world, okay? And we sometimes also talk about whatever comes to mind, right? If we can think of something interesting to share with you guys related to us or Australia, we also talk about that in the GOSS. So, these episodes are specifically designed to try and give you content about many different topics where we're obviously speaking in English and there are multiple people having a natural and spontaneous conversation in English. So, it is particularly good to improve your listening skills. In order to complement that though, I really recommend that you join the podcast membership or the academy membership at aussieenglish.com.au where you will get access to the full transcripts of these episodes, the PDFs, the downloads, and you can also use the online PDF reader to read and listen at the same time, okay? So, if you really, really want to improve your listening skills fast, Get the transcript, listen and read at the same time, keep practicing, and that is the quickest way to level up your English. Anyway, I've been rabbiting on a bit, I've been talking a bit. Let's just get into this episode, guys. Smack the bird, and let's get into it. What What is it again? Like, um, what's that saying? You always see it in films when- the monarch dies and the new monarch is there. The queen is dead. God live the king. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Or, yeah, long live the- Long live the long king. Live yeah, the king. God live the king. God live the king. I'm only, I'm only just had one <laughs> just, sip of beer. It's already getting messy. Pineapple and dragon fruit smoothie. <laughs> How good is it? You gave me this shit. Not, it, there was no warning involved. It's 6%. I panicked. It's good. It's good. I found this. So, this is Little Creatures, which yeah. is a brewery down here in Geelong, right? It is, yeah. Um. So, yeah. Big blender. This beer is single batch, so it's a one-off, I guess. One-off, never to be seen again. Pineapples, dragon fruit, dragon fruit. It does Hazy taste like dragon beer. fruit. It's pretty good for those with Asian heritage or have travelled in Asia. Dragon fruit is so good. Fruit. I know it's oh great. Oh my god! Is this? It's the one that's like bright pink, right? It looks like the eggs of a dragon. Yes, like something out of Game of Thrones or House of the Dragon, I guess now. But. Yeah, you, they grow on cacti-looking things. I don't know if it is actually a cactus or if it's no, a succulent kind no. of plant, but yeah, it looks no. like a cactus, and you, they get to like three or four meters high, and the mm. fruit just grow off the side of the plant. You can buy the the cacti or what, yeah, the the plants at nurseries locally. I've got one outside, although it's tiny. It's about twenty centimeters yeah, high, so it's going to twenty years before you grow fruit on it. I, yeah. I saw it, and I was like, oh man, how epic will it be to have dragon fruit? And then I was like, this is going to take so long. Yeah, exactly. Your grandchildren will get one off it. I know. Well, yeah. Yeah, so the queen is dead. Long live the king. Well, yeah. So, um, how does it feel for you? Because she's been the monarch your entire life. Well, and yours. Yeah, yeah well, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, you know, you've been around twice as long as I have or nearly. Yeah, so. she was um, she was crowned four years before I was born. So, yeah. Um, and she was actually queen for most, most of a year before that, before the actual coronation. Because the yeah. coronation is just a- um, a ceremonial thing. The, yep. you know, King Charles III became King Charles III the second his mother died by yeah, natural okay. inheritance. Yep. There is no declaration. There's a whole lot of formal stuff that has to go to have that 
recognised, but it's instantaneous according to the you know, inheritance of the monarchy. So. Yeah. Oh, and she was what early twenties when she became yeah. the queen. Yes. Yeah. She was. Oh, well, she was twenty five, I think, by the time she was queen. Yeah, because she like, reigned for seventy, 70 years. years. Yeah. The craziest thing was, I looked this up because I was like, "Shit, seventy years! There, there can't be many other, many other, if any, monarchs that that um <laughs> have have reigned that long." But yeah, it was um Louis the Fourteenth. Louis the Fourteenth, seventy two years. Insanity. I think. Insanity, yeah. and I, I guess yeah, it was because he was such a young kid. Yeah, when he, he was a child came when he in. when he. Assumed the throne of France, but, but yeah. imagine that was the 1600s, 1700s. Yeah. I think that was he was crowned at the end of the 17th century and into yes. the yeah. 18th century, obviously. And you're like, how the hell did the guy live so long back then? Well, like, lots of people did though, and that's one yeah. of those weird things that um, when you study uh, genealogy or family history, you realise that the um, exp- age expectancy is totally biased mm. by uh, two things. Firstly, infant mortality, yeah. whereas you know, up until the early 20th century, lots of children, you know, like you know, significant proportion of people died before the age of five. Dragging the and, average down. And men working in manual labour yeah. um, had a much lower life expectancy. But it's sort of like if you got to 50, you could- Live till your nineties. There were <laughs> you just had to get out nearly, of the danger zone. <laughs> exactly. There were nearly as many people who, you know, once they reached old age, got to really old age. But it, three or four hundred years ago, surely but- it must have been a pretty, a pretty shit version of old age too, because you would imagine your body would be so broken down, rich well, or poor. With some, I, I actually think it's probably the reverse. You I, yeah, uh, I think at the moment, yeah, now we. Yeah, if I live to 100, I'm going to be in severe pain <laughs> and have a whole lot of bits and pieces falling apart. You'll be fucked. Because, yeah, but but I'll be artificially kept alive, artificially <laughs> in a sense that medical medical science yeah. will keep me alive. You're so, not dying yet, bitch. So I think, yeah, I think people who lived to their, you know, in their 90s 200, 300 years yeah. ago were probably one of the, you know, the very small well, the only ones left people were fit. who were fit. <laughs> And because anybody who had anything wrong with them died before that. Yeah, but surely, Whereas like, now at that we point, keep them alive. your teeth would be fucked. You'd, you'd have- yeah. Oh, yeah. Surely you yeah. would have, you know, like- Well, now, if you're a king, you're probably not going to have as big a problem because- I don't know. You'll be eating high-quality food. You will, yeah, For better or for worse, and off, often for worse, you will have had medical people around you keeping you well. <laughs> Using leeches but, yeah, and bleeding, yeah, bleeding you. bleeding <laughs> you and doing all sorts of horrible- We're checking your humors. and so <laughs> yeah, that's on. it. But- but, yeah, I think it helps. That, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I haven't well, killed anyone yeah, yet. Well, I, I read one the other day. Somebody was talking about uh, an ancient cure for malaria was to um, slice open your abdomen, pull your intestines out, wash them in salt water, and then uh, put them back. Uh, now, it was probably a cure for malaria because nobody died of malaria <laughs> after having that done to them. <laughs> Gee, yeah, we'll just disembowel yeah, you. You'll yeah, be sweet after much, that. Yeah, I will sew you up again. You'll be fine. I now, obviously, so a better. few people survived, but- <laughs> Everybody else who died, it was blamed on the malaria. Man, so. Imagine surviving that. Oh, I, know, I know. And this is pre-anesthetics or anything. How would just, you survive that? I you know, feel like any time I watch these TV shows, and again, I take that with a grain of salt and docos and everything like yeah. that, because they're probably not that accurate. But you see anyone back in the day, like I'm watching something at the moment um, about Rome on Netflix. It's about, you know, Caligula and everything in it. If someone stabs you in the stomach, you're effectively fucked. You're yeah, dead. Yeah, it's just a slow death. Yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. It's a, because you've probably ruptured something in there. You're going to die of peritonitis. Yeah. Unless, unless they hit an artery, when, in which case you're going to die of internal bleeding. Yeah. yeah you're probably not going to die of just bleeding to death quickly. Yeah, you'll no. die of peritonitis because you'll have opened up your, your yeah. intestines to your insides. Well, it so. must have been such a weird 
like, yeah, I don't know. I can't imagine running around as a soldier or whatever back then and just being totally paranoid about wounds to the stomach, yeah, I guess. Like, yeah. I mean, wounds just to cut your- cut off my your, head, please. Yeah, 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 your head, your chest or your stomach is really the death zone. If you get them anywhere else, as long as it doesn't hit an artery, you're probably yeah, going to survive it. Exactly. It's a flesh wound. Yeah. Whereas today, you, you could stab someone tens of times in the stomach and not kill them because mm. they get medical yeah, treatment exactly. and they're, they're sweet. You know, you hear that all the time about people in jail that get stabbed like 40 times or whatever yeah. and they're just like, eh, no, flesh wound, you know, yeah. we're sweet. <laughs> But, yeah, I don't know how we got onto that topic. I don't know. Yeah, long live the king. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Long-lived yeah. king. Yeah, so did- I mean, it's- we, we, Australia's relationship with the royal family has always really, really confused me because you meet people who just don't give a shit, people yeah. much like ourselves, mm. and then you pe- meet people who are more avid supporters of the monarch um, and the royal family- than Brits. The many yeah. Brits, yeah. And you're just like, what are you smoking? Like, I can't imagine being- I mean, I guess they're the head of state, right, for Australia. Mm. I guess, right? And we have- We do have a closer history. They are, by our constitution. We do have a closer history with them. But I can't imagine being, you know, say, as as loyal or passionate about the Prime Minister of Great Britain, you know, giving a shit. But the the thing is that the Prime Prime Minister of Great Britain- um, actually has nothing to do with Australia. Yeah, but the Queen might uh, as well. And the queen, have but the to do, Queen, you know, the like- Queen has always had that head of state. Well, for, mm. uh, the monarch, the Queen, for the last seventy years has always has always been our head of state. And I understand why some people, particularly those people who come from a British heritage, mm-hmm. who will have that you know uh, appreciation for the royal family. Um, yeah, I have nothing against the royal family in particular. You know, individuals aside, <laughs> the royal family in general. Prince I have, Andrew. Well, <laughs> We're not, I'm not going to go into individuals. Um, but yeah, the royal family as an institution, I have nothing particularly against. Um, but I have nothing for them either. I just yeah. think it is a complete anomaly now that Australia is now 121 years old, and as a as a constitutional democracy, um, and yet we still have effectively the monarch of another country as our head of state. It's a huge anomaly, and hence the Republican movement. Uh, But uh, I have no real problem with the royal family as an institution. Um, Really? I kind of do, don't you? Like, in Uh, terms of... It's just... It's so... It feels to me like it is such a modernly unnatural way... To run a country. And I guess most countries aren't being run by royal families. They're not. Yeah. But at the same time, for it to even be around still when it is so redundant, it yes. seems just so- It just feels like a wank, right? <laughs> like, it's kind of like you, you're you keeping alive this tradition that was unfair and just, I don't know, somewhat disgusting in the past. Like, I, get, I guess you did it. You you did it because it was probably the, the best way of- running a country a thousand years ago and ensuring its survival. Mm. But it was incredibly unfair and the average person in the country probably didn't, you know, really benefit from it at all. If no, anything, no. they probably suffered. And it was so arbitrary, right? But it was just whoever have... took power yeah. and was but the they strongest. Uh, it was I the king think, or queen or whatever. I don't think your average sort of peasant farmer um, or labourer uh, three or four hundred years ago or longer ago or even two hundred years ago would have been any better off yeah. in a um, a Republican-style democracy where there was no yeah. royal family. True. Because I think- Would have been would, corrupt and yeah, it still would exactly, have been money going exactly. to the top. Exactly. And it's just that those people would have been elected by the elite. Yes. Now, of course, you know, parliaments around in democracies are elected by every adult in the country, notionally. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether they can actually vote or not is a different story. But- um, 
whereas royal families are inherited or you know, taken over by power yeah. historically, but you know, notionally they're, in, they're just inherited. Um, you know, Charles became king not because he was worthy of being a king, exactly. but because he was the oldest son of a queen. And um, I think that's the sort of most, for me at least, that's kind of the most, I don't know how to describe it, the grossest part about it is that it's just given to a relative um, not based on merit or anything like mm. that. And you keep seeing it in- and again, these documentaries I'm watching at the moment about Rome, and I think an example is Marco Aurelius um, handing over uh, his, you know, the being the emperor to. I've been watching it in. Is it Commodus, his son? I've been oh, watching it in Portuguese. Right. So yeah. <laughs> Cormodo, his name is Cormodo in in Portuguese, but it, just that this guy was so inept, yeah. you know. And the same with like Caligula getting it, and then um, you know just. Always handing it down, this nepotism, mm. and it just- it always seemed to be, oh, what I'm worried about is really the country and running the country well, but I'll put all of that at stake to make sure that my lineage is in power. And yeah. you're kind of like, well, what do you care about? Do you yes. care about your lineage or do you care about- Yeah, and look, now there's, um, you know, the, you know, certainly in European families, the royal families, they don't run countries anymore. They are a titular head of state. They're yeah. a head of state with notional powers- uh, but the governments actually run the country. And, you know, the, in this case now, the king will go and open parliament and yeah. sign documents to approve of, you know, they they appoint the prime minister by signature, but the prime minister is already appointed as the elected leader of the party that forms government. Uh, it's so and- weird though, right? Because it feels like they're just mascots for the country. Yeah, These rich, wealthy mascots pretty for the much. country that don't yeah. really do anything besides going around and, you know, high-fiving each other and yeah. trying to help the poor. Yeah. And you're kind of like, what is your purpose now? Like you kind of- And the annoying thing is because countries are now, at least for the most part, so stable, it's not like you're going to have that change over. No. It's these no. people are effectively locked in for life, for, this family. Yes, exactly. For forever, mm-hmm. right? Effectively now as the royal family. And they uh, don't do anything besides get, you know, income from their huge land titles and everything and mm. probably a slice of taxes. Although, yeah, although the um, they now, certainly Charles, one of the first things he did when he um, ascended to the monarchy um, was as his mother had done beforehand, um, is signed over the income from the royal estates to yeah. the government. Yeah. Um, now they still get a salary. And yeah. It's quite a considerable salary. I have no idea what it is, but they're no longer. You know, they notionally own the royal estates, but they're not making money out of it. The government makes money out of those estates. Yeah. And so you know that idea of yeah, you know, and certainly that's a very recent thing. Um, Whose idea do you think that was? Do you think the royal family were like, oh, we should probably do this, yeah. or the government put no, pressure on them? No, I think them? it would have been the royal family. Uh, yeah. Because in the, in the end, the government can't put pressure on them to do anything. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. The government can, you know, can enact laws, but mm-hmm. when it affects the royal family, the monarch has to sign off on those. So, <sighs> Man. Well, moving on to making Australia yeah. a republic or not, how much, at least in your time too, when you were younger, did the royal family impact- uh, life in Australia because there was sort of one key event and I think that's about really it, right? Um, well, the key event, if you're talking about 1975, the sacking yeah. of the government. And look, that was notionally agreed to by the Queen, but it was the Governor-General who is the Queen's representative yeah. and ironically is recommended by the Prime Minister uh, to the Queen to you know, to appoint them. <laughs> so they're appointed by the Queen, but the recommendation comes from the Prime Minister at the mm-hmm. time. 
Um, and so, yes, there was a um, a royal representative who changed the government in this country. It's the only time it's ever happened in Australia. Um, other than that, there's other just yeah. Royal visits were always popular when I was a child. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the Queen is the Queen came to Australia I think fourteen times or something. Animal. Um, over that period of time. Mm-hmm. And yeah, when she first came, it was, you know, you'd come out here by ship, the royal yacht. Britannia would bring the fam- royal family out or whoever was coming to Australia. It wasn't just jump on a plane and you arrive here 28 That's hours later. That's how long later, she was, so. yeah, reigning for. Yeah, Isn't that crazy? I know. And oh, wait, she could have Didn't been even plane, have a private jet. Didn't even have a private jet. No, <laughs> still don't. Plebs. You know. well, so the Royal Air Force would fly them. You know. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so. This would have been like what the the paper and wooden planes back then, the biplanes, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not quite. With but, the, the yeah. Wright brothers. Um, so that was always a big thing. and uh, But other than that, no direct effect. Mm-hmm. Um, and look, the, the Republican movement in Australia has gone through its ups and downs. Um, it got completely white anted by John Howard. Do you want to explain um, what white anted means? White anted means you break it down from the inside. Like termites. Um, yeah, like yeah. termites. Um, when Because there was a big push about 20 years ago to have uh, I remember. You know, a vote, um, you know, a referendum, which is a vote to change the constitution. Was this around the um, millennia? The, the yeah, it was, just, it was late year 2000s. Yeah. And, um, and so there was a big push around then from the Republican movement in Australia to hold a referendum. And John Howard, in his infinite, infinite um, cynical wisdom- <laughs> He was our um, ex-prime minister. Yeah, yeah. he, he white-anted it. He broke it down by um, saying, well, he, the question he asked or what he should, that he should have asked is, should Australia become a republic? But what he did was say, I'm not going to ask that question. I'm going to ask the republican movement to come up with a model and we'll vote on whether we accept that model or not. Mm. And, of course, the Republican movement isn't an individual organisation. Yeah. And so there were two or three models that came up. And so he set it up that no matter which one of them won, they were never going to beat the no vote. <laughs> so, um, and, you know, and it failed, of course, because, you know, it's sort of like, well, do you want um, an apple or an orange? I'm going to choose orange. You have to tell me which sort of apple you're going to have. Mm. And then five different people Everyone's come up like, with this. Oh, is my I want favorite. this. this I want a Granny mine. Smith. Yeah. I, want, I don't yeah. want that one. I'd rather exactly. have an orange and, and an apple. So and so instead of putting up an apple against an orange, he put up an orange against three different apples. Yeah. And of course, they failed. Um, and no, even Labor prime ministers after that, who were mostly Republicans, um, uh, didn't want to challenge that again. They didn't want to waste the money and the reputation, I think, of having that losing that vote again. I think now there will be a, a fairly big push by the Republican movement mm-hmm. in Australia, whatever that means, uh, to have a referendum in the near future, near future being within the next three or four years. Um, Do you think it's just a matter of time? I think it is a matter of time. I don't think there is a... Uh, at the time, it appeared, when the, in the 1990s, it appeared that about between 60 and 70% of Australians thought that we no longer needed the Queen as yeah. our head of state. What that meant was variable, and that was the thing that Howard exploited. Um, and I think that would probably still be the same. Mm. Um, and there was, a, I think, a fair degree of affection for the Queen as a person uh, rather than the Queen as the monarch. Yeah. And so that probably bumped up, boosted the monarchy 
uh, vote as well. I, uh, so I, it's an opportunity now to look at that and go, I don't think there's anything wrong with Charles. Uh, really? Know, yeah. Well, I mean, it's in terms of, you know, as a king, I don't know yeah. that. Yeah, he, let's well, face it. He is the most, high, weeks, is the most right? highly yeah. trained king in the yeah. history of the world. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, he's, well, he's Did you see those, those um, lines? The, that, to the, throne for the jokes years. that was like, man 72 finally gets job. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, which is a bit of a yeah, an unreasonable because he's actually had a job <laughs> yeah. the entire time. And let's face it, for the last few years, he has effectively been the monarch because the Queen's failing health meant that you know, she met the, um, the constitutional requirements of being Queen, mm-hmm. but more and more of her duties were being taken over by her uh, offspring, particularly Anne, her daughter, and yeah. Charles, who took on most of them. So. Well, and she took it very seriously, right, the oath, where she was never going to give the throne up whilst alive. No, right. she did. She that was, was like, this is too death. Yeah, the oath is that yeah. you do this until you die. That's right. it. I do have a lot of respect for her in that I, I know I know very little about her and her family and the you know royalty in, in general, but I do know that she worked, you know, incredibly hard oh, at into her, her job. 90s. Yeah. yeah. And um, she's, she never retired. Like, no. she was going hard the entire in her entire life. Yeah. We know, like my grandparents retired shortly. Well, my grandfather, when he was a, an engineer, retired. Yeah. I remember maybe a few times picking him up from the station after work when mm. I was a tiny kid with my grandmother. Yeah. And then after that, he, he was retired. So, for my entire life, and he's about the Queen's age, maybe yeah, a few years younger. younger. Yeah. He's been retired and she was still obviously smashing out work and showing yeah, up exactly. and traveling. And mm. you, yeah, I can't imagine being- The younger you are, the more I feel like you wish you were- like a prince, or why wasn't I born into a family that was rich and famous yeah. and blah, yeah. blah, blah. Rich and, and the older you get, thing, you're kind of like, fuck that. Yeah. But see, rich and famous, <laughs> if, you're, you know, yeah. if you're the heir to somebody else's yes. corporate fortune- And you don't have to do anything. And you don't have to do anything. You're sitting, you know, you're yeah. sitting on a- you know, Paris Hilton. You're, you just yeah, party. Well, exa- exactly. <laughs> yeah. um, that's very different from being a member of the royal yes. family because you have- What? You expect things of us? Constant duties. <laughs> you know, Charles, for his entire life, has been doing two things. Mm-hmm. Waiting to be king, and every other shitty job that mm-hmm. his mother didn't want to do, you know, his mother and father, <laughs> you know, when before his father yeah. died, um, and yeah. and so yeah, he would have been attending any number of things, just representing Britain or representing yeah. the royal family, and and but in addition to that, he had a whole lot of charities that he ran and and a whole lot of environmental work that he used to do, mm-hmm. uh, which is going to be interesting to see how much of that he can keep doing as king, because now as the monarch. He has a um, a constitutional requirement to not interfere with government. Uh, okay. Um, so, and whatever interfering means, because he had some fairly yeah. sort of left wing views of around um, conservation, uh, both of the natural environment, but also building heritage and those sort of things. And so he did a lot he has, of work around he that. He has to take a neutral position now and where he, he's just like, I'm not talking about yeah, it. He can't, Other members in the royal family can, but he can't as the He mom. can't. As the, you know, the Prince of yeah. Wales, the, you know, the heir, he could come out and yeah. Yeah, he campaigned very heavily against, you know, against um, you know, coal and so on in, uh, in Britain yeah. um, and was all for um, yeah, ways of overcoming uh, climate change mm-hmm. and- um, conservation of natural environments and all those sort of things. He can't necessarily actively promote those anymore. So it would be so interesting to be a fly on the wall and really get a better understanding of what these people are like. But not just what they're like, but mm. whether or not they actually enjoy these jobs or look forward to it. You wonder if he was just like the whole time, like, please, you know, please outlive me, mum. Please, yeah. for the love of God, don't <laughs> make me the king. I just can't be fucked. Yeah, hand it over like, to William. Yeah. yeah, I can't imagine. 
Yeah, I, I, well, yeah, I just can't imagine mm. what it would be like having that kind of a job because you think from the outside, man, it just must be all luxury and amazing. But I reckon that must be so monotonous yeah. and boring. But I, I think the other th the other side of that though is that for all of his adult life, he has effectively been the hand of the queen, in a sense <laughs> that you know yeah. that he was already doing a whole lot of that. So now <laughs> yeah. it's just he does hey, that Mitch, with yeah, Mitch, yeah. Go do this job I don't like. Exactly. Get out of here. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm now, playing with the corgis. <laughs> yeah, now he's allowed to, you know, uh, you know, so do those things of his own accord. So yeah. Yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting one to see what happens. I also have a soft spot for Charles in a sense that he's been manipulated by being the heir uh -huh. uh, for his entire life. He was- Tap out at any time, dude. He you was, can tap oh, yeah, out at any yeah. time. But, you know? but at the same time, if you've, if you've grown up and the only thing you know and the only thing that you your ambition is to mm -hmm. be the king, not because you want to be king, but because you want to serve your country. Um, but then he's he was manipulated into marrying somebody he didn't love. Yeah. Um, not only that, she was manipulated into getting married. The woman he did love yeah. was married, manipulated into getting married, and he was sent off overseas. He was in the navy at the time, and his family and his uncle, who was the head of the navy, manipulated it so that he ended up, you know, being over in the Caribbean. And they married off his the woman he was in love with to somebody else. <laughs> Spoiler: um, He's with her now, <laughs> and, and it's one of the great love stories in you know the twentieth and twenty first yeah. century that. He's been in love with this woman since they were teenagers or young adults, and they're still together, despite yeah. the fact that they were both married off to other people. Um, and now he's, you know, he's been with her for his entire life. Yeah, Rock and hard place. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Well, And he's had to um, father a child that is most likely not his as well, right? Well, you know, well, yeah, we could question <laughs> that. But, uh, Mate. Look, oh, look it up. I, no, Google, I, I, Google I, I, Prince Harry. I absolutely agree with you. Google Prince uh, Harry with- But that, I that is the, one the, DNA I test that is never name. going to be done. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Google Prince Harry yes. and- Harry's mother's bodyguard. Yeah, Harry's mother's bodyguard. And uh, tell me they do not look like father and son. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, it's neither here nor there, ultimately. I'm so amazed that something hasn't been- Like, all you would need to do is follow both of those guys around- Wait for them to throw out a Starbucks cup and yeah. then just run the DNA test on yeah, each of but them. But they're never going to. <laughs> no, nobody is ever going to believe that that has been done. Oh, so, my God. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, going back to the Republican movement, one of the challenges I think that we have in the Republican movement in Australia is that I think, I honestly believe that the majority, and it might only be a, a small majority in Australia, um, of people believe that we should you know, drop the royal family as our, you know, heads of state. Um, but we have the extremist Republicans whose version of this, the way they push it is to say, you know, Charles is a complete ratbag. He's a complete waste of time. <laughs> we this is our opportunity. He'll mm -hmm. never be a good king. We This is our opportunity to get away from it. And by the way, all the royal family are completely hopeless. And it's that's never going to win people over. Yeah. People who are sitting on the fence are going to be offended by that. Yeah, it's not about individuals. Exactly. No it should be saying about Australia's constitution yeah. needs to be changed so that we don't have the royal family of another country mm -hmm. as the as our head of state. Uh, it's got nothing lessons. to do we with whether they are president. legitimate. Yeah. yeah, whether the royals are legitimate people or anything else. It's just. <laughs> and then there is the argument about what sort of yeah, republic should we be. Yeah. Um, the, one, the interesting thing, the one version of a republic that we haven't ever examined in Australia is why do we need a head of state at all? As opposed to just having what? A- Prime Minister. Yeah. Yeah, the Prime Minister but is the elected head of- He might as well be, right? 
Yeah, but but why do we need a head of state? If the argument is how we get a head yeah. of state, just don't have one. Yeah. There is no there's no governmental reason other than you need somebody to swear them in. You actually don't. Yeah, the, do you, effectively, do you, think- you have the, the head of the Electoral Commission swears in the Prime Minister because yeah. they're the people who hold the election. So, Do you think we would end up with a president if the Republican Party- We will. The Republican Party, the Republican movement ended yes. up winning. Yeah, we will um, because I don't think anybody would find the no head of state as a you know, legitimate- option. option. You know, palatable option. What would that mean, uh, though? If it, so, imagine- Then it would be, Republic- how, do we, how do we get a president elected, created- we just need on. to follow the American version. Oh right? yeah, that's really that's really worked for them. Um, <laughs> well, we have like what, the, what no, is we it, won't. the electorate. There was never a there was never an college. In, what is it called again? No, <laughs> the electoral college. Yes, don't I, don't get me started on that. Um, there's there was never an intention. Certainly in the Republican movement that was pushing in the 1990s, mm-hmm. there was never an intention to have the president of the country as another level of government, which is yep. what it is in the United States. Above uh, in what many, a prime minister Yeah, is, exactly. Yeah. I mean, if you're looking at the equivalent of the king, that in the, they're effectively rubber stamping things that government wants to do. Um, they're representing the country from a ceremonial point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're not an arm of government. They don't have veto over laws. They don't get to create laws. They don't do any of that sort of stuff. Whereas in the United States and other, some other countries that have an elected president, the president is effectively the single head of the mm-hmm. highest level of government. What um, if we had our own monarch? Yeah, just, we could just elect a queen. Yeah, or king. Or king. It's funny how yeah. natural it is to just keep saying queen. Yeah. We're so no, no, I, I did it deliberately <laughs> because <laughs> okay. it shouldn't have to be uh, it shouldn't Who do you reckon it, if we had to do that and Australia had I, to vote I, on, I reckon- on a family- and a person at the head yeah. of that family to run the country. If it was just opened up tomorrow and, and, you know, besides obviously being able to nominate yourself, who do you think as a family or a person would get the most votes? Yeah, see, I I don't know. Because once you're- If you're creating a monarchy, effectively, mm-hmm. then effectively you get one vote. <laughs> because after that, <laughs> assuming it's no an inherited yeah. monarchy, yeah. Then it, as opposed to <laughs> if we have a popular vote for president- Yeah. Um, you get it every four then years. Then you get it every, and I think it would have to be a longer term. I think it would have to be something like eight years, yeah. Um, so that it is not in the cycle of normal elections, so that it is removed from the election process. But if we got a king uh, or a queen or a you know a royal family, who out of all the popular families uh, in the country, who do you no, reckon would end no, up? Being- I don't think there. No, Nobody would ever vote. Barnsey. Yeah. Hugh Barnsey. <laughs> no, nobody. Yeah, Jimmy Barnes would be right. Jimmy Barnes would be good as a king. But again, depends on what you want. He was he wasn't born in Australia. Yeah. Yes, he's an Australian citizen. But and instead uh, of calling him <coughs> instead of calling him king, what title do you reckon he'd get? Do you reckon old mate? Old mate Barnsey. <laughs> How good would that be, old mate? Barnsey and his mate Farnsey can <laughs> and, be the vice king. And yeah. what's her name? What's the her wife. Name? Yeah, the, the wife. wife would be what's yeah. her name or what's her face or yeah, something. Yeah, <laughs> old mate and what's her name. <laughs> what's her face? No, but I, I more seriously, because I don't think that, you know, obviously that was a, it's know, never gonna happen. a facetious discussion. But um, I think in terms of if, if we were to have a president, I know who I would want as president of this country at the moment. Whether or not they would be, they probably wouldn't accept. I say they because I'm keeping agenda non-specific at the moment. Yeah. Whether they it's would very even progressive accept. Progressive of you, Dan. Um, whether they, well, I was just. Turns out the person's actually non-binary. Dis- point for the discussion. <laughs> oh, this person is particularly binary, I'm sure. But, Clive um, Palmer. No, no. Um, Pat Dodson. Pat Dodson, I know the name, but I can't. He's an He's Aboriginal an indigenous guy, elder. right? Yeah. yeah. And, you know, 
professor at a university and you know, uh, he's the one who actually at the moment has uh, he's a senator as well and yeah, he has a um, specific representation of indigenous views mm-hmm. as a senator it's not a portfolio but it's a sort of super portfolio um, and uh, I think he would be brilliant not only you know recognizing indigenous and that would be the fir- the first person you create Mm-hmm. As a president or a you know, oh man, head of imagine state. doing that. It would have to be an indigenous person. You would hope um, so, and and if you so. do that, you want somebody who's Kathy Freeman. Yeah, well, put her yeah, in charge. Exactly, yeah. but respected for their views on the world, yeah, their intellect, their contribution over a long period of time. Um, he would be brilliant. Yeah, uh, that'd be interesting. Yeah, so. And I'm sure there are hundreds of other Indigenous people that, and non-Indigenous people that would fit those same criteria if you remove the Indigenous criteria. Paul Hogan. Um, Paul Hogan. Well, maybe not. <laughs> Hogs. Hogs. Yeah. The, the, <laughs> there's a lot of, lot of people you definitely want And the thing is that you don't, you don't want it to be a celebrity yeah. in a sense. Now, mm-hmm. famous people, whether they're famous because of their political contributions or their business contributions or whether they're sports people or whatever, are already going to be celebrities. But- you don't want it necessarily to be the you know the popular vote just because you can get it. You You'd can have say, to go Delta around. Goodrum, yeah. you know, she's one of the most popular people in Australia, but is she going to be president? Probably uh, not. With all respect to Delta, that you have to go around and find the person in Australia who least wants to be the president, and that's the person that has to be well. That depends, the president agree, but that depends on the role and <laughs> yeah. and that whole argument of do we have another layer of government or do we just have a you know a head of state the equivalent to the monarch. Um, which is my pre- preference. If we're going to have a president, and we only call it a president because that's the obvious thing to call it, yeah. um, if we're going to have a president, then we don't want them to be an extra layer of government. I also don't think they should be elected because as soon as they're elected by popular vote- You mean, so have it like a prime minister here in Australia where it's the party gets elected and then they sort it out? or yeah. or that we have an independent panel of people who choose. Yeah. Yeah. You know, after the party's won. Yeah, well, yeah. but it, no, an independent panel whose role it is, that's not about, yes, you might have representatives of government and the opposition and an independent and whatever, but you'd also have business people um, yeah. so on. A panel of people decide. Um, and Australians' citizens can nominate people and you might have to have a petition that said, I've got 20,000 votes to say Pat Dodson, mm-hmm. and I have to have Pat Dodson's agreement. Um, and that, so he goes into the pile. Um, we could then you know, have a handful of those people, and then they go, yeah, Pat's the best person. Um, because as soon as we have an, an elected, so anybody then nominates to be president, mm-hmm. and, we ha- and then we have an election, What's going to be? It's automatic. That, by definition, is politics. Mm. And then you will have people competing. I want to be president because anybody who answers that question should be automatically disqualified, yeah, as you inferred no. in the beginning. Um, so it shouldn't be a, a personality election. I think it should be a, a sort of an independent appointment in one way or another. Much like you know, most people don't don't even know who the governors general have been in the past <laughs> I wouldn't be before they become governor yeah. general. Yeah. A few of them have been relatively famous people. Um, often the military people are well known because they're senior military you know, people, um, but most of the others are just you know, good, hardworking service people for a long time. And the prime minister says, "Yeah, we think that person's the right person." Mm-hmm. You know, David Hurley. You know, David Hurley had a long history in the military, I believe, but you know, it's, but others haven't. So, uh, whereas often it had been um, 
I think the last, I'm trying to remember, the last non-Australian to be Governor-General of Australia was probably Lord Casey, who was English. But you look at me as if I would in, know. No, he lived in Australia for a long time. But, um, but yeah, anyway, that's, a, that's an interesting idea of how you get around the arguments that are really detailed. Uh, and the only way you can do that is to ask that one question is, should Australia become a republic? And you define what republic is, mm-hmm. but you don't define how a head of state is part of Because that's a, a secondary question. Uh, and as soon as we do that again, we're screwed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I don't know. It, it's just really funny because I did- I think the royal family probably was more popular with the Queen as the head of it than it will be with the King, King Charles as the head of it, because the Queen just seemed to be much more likeable and sort of like your old nana. But she'd been an institution. Her, yeah, and she'd been around the entire yeah, time. Charles but- has been around that the whole time that she's been Queen. He was at her coronation. Mm-hmm. He was three years old, but yeah. he was at her coronation. So he has been there as the Prince of Wales, the person who you know will inherit the crown for 70 years. Mm-hmm. So we've known him. But he was always the the son. You know, but he just seems dis- he seems disingenuous and unlikable. I don't know. It comes across in the media. Uh, All the interactions that I guess they probably just highlight the of negative. Of course they do. But yeah. you never really saw the queen being an asshole to people, no. or being rude, no. or and it seems like every other day there's video footage of Charles coming out of him just being a douchebag. Yeah, but they're and they're. Um, I don't know what I would be like under are, those same circumstance circumstances. They're highly selected. Yeah. Because if you look at the broad footage and the footage that came out after the Queen had died and you know, up to the you know, the funeral, there were many occasions where he well, he travelled from he was at Balmoral when she died. He travelled from Scotland down to London and you know, crowds outside Buckingham Palace when he drove in, mm-hmm. he got out of the car. And walked around shaking people's hands yeah. and talking to them. Um, the Queen probably would have done that as well, mm-hmm. but but that's yeah. You just sort of think, no, he didn't go. This is this at a time when you look at it and go, he's mourning his mother's death, ignoring mm-hmm. everything else. He's now the king of a country that he has expected to be king for the last seventy years, and yet he says, "I'm going to get out and I'm going to talk to the people who are here, mourning my mother as well." And yeah, so you. Fair enough. Yeah, Fair I, I think there are some really good things, but nobody, they showed that, mm. but then they go, oh, yeah, he's flippant to somebody. He waves his hand at somebody and you go, oh, what did he actually say to him? You know, <laughs> and, yeah. and a lot of that is, yeah, the the royal, the queen has always been the, I hesitate to use the obvious, she's been the queen of the royal family from the public point of view. Mm-hmm. She could never do any wrong. Yeah. Whereas every other member of her family, <laughs> He's targeted the only by the media, way yeah. they ever got into the media uh, was were they getting married or did they do something wrong? I can't wait to no longer That's- hear about it, to be honest. Like, it seems like our tabloids and those magazines, those women magazines, that are uh, always at the don't supermarket. Don't get me started You're just about like, those. Can you guys That's a whole different topic. <laughs> talking about the royal family. And but they got all- nothing else to talk about. I know. Royal family well, and movie stars. Just over it, yeah. Uh, celebrities. Anyway, anything else you want to mention about the Queen or the King before we wrap up this no, episode? No, I've got a thousand I'm- things, but I think that'll do. <laughs> we can just keep going. For- one of my favourite stories, I saw, I heard one of these stories from some knight or something that knew the Queen and was friends with her, but he was like a, an old military, you know, dude in, in the UK, and apparently he used to go up to, um, was it Balmoral, Balmoral, you were saying, in Scotland yeah. and-, and- Go hiking with her. He was one of her guards. Yeah. Was it? Okay. So, yeah, she would go hiking with him. And apparently they were out one time and this American couple were hiking in the same place and walked up to them and um, started chatting to them but didn't recognize them. 
and was chatting to the guy and he was like, oh, yeah, I've met the queen. You know, they well, brought up- That was actually the queen who threw that line. She, <clears throat> they said, uh, oh, if you come up here a lot, well. you must know the queen. <laughs> uh, you must have met the queen. And the queen said, no, I've never met her. But he has and boy, he's met her a lot. <laughs> yeah, that was and he played along with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then- um, And then they took photos. Yeah. They, got, they got the queen to the take American- selfies of this, the, the couple with oh, this it. guy. And then he took one of the queen with them. And her line was, yeah, her line was, I would just love to be a fly on the wall when they take them home and somebody recognises me in the photograph. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, that's why, I don't know, those sorts of stories coming out, and I guess, you know, people are only going to share the positive when, when she's passed, but made me think, oh, man, I would love to have known this person. Well, she, she allegedly had a cheeky. really cheeky sense of humour in private. But, yeah. But I think she also, and look, we were going to wind this up, but you've wound me up again. Um <laughs> I think there's there's another side of Charles, and not to do with Charles as the person, mm-hmm. but Charles as the institution, that he has been allowed to be much more public than his mother. Mm. The Queen made herself a very... She was publicly out there, but she was a very private person. You know, there was all these protocols around even people... You know, when she'd do the, the line-up and she'd go and shake hands and have a chat with people, and there was always this protocol that you never spoke about what you talked about with the Queen, mm. um, that she would never have an opinion about anything um, publicly, yeah. whereas Charles, for his entire life, has always been out in the public, <laughs> having his opinion out there, for better yeah. or for worse... And it's going to be interesting to see how that goes now that he's king as to whether he's <laughs> Wait, still- Wait, I've got to shut up? Yeah, yeah. And uh, the whole idea of, you know, you go and shake the hand of the queen or the king and anything mm-hmm. you say uh, won't be, you know, will never become public. One story I really like, you're talking about those, you know, odd stories about the queen and her sense of humour. Um, and I remember the um, centenary cricket test match between England and Australia, celebrating 100 years since the first ever test match, and this is in 1977. Mm. And the Queen came out um, to... I think she was there for the second day of the test match. So she wasn't there for the opening, but she was there for the second day. And at lunch, and for those of you who don't understand test cricket, test cricket goes for five days, and they have two breaks in a day. They have a lunch break and a tea break. Lunch is after the first two hours, and then tea is after the fourth hour. And so during the lunch hour, uh, lunch break, they had the uh, Australian team and the English team line up, and the Queen went along and shook their hands and you know, had a chat to them or whatever. And Australia's opening fast bowler, um, and you know, we can have this discussion about cricketers later on, um, Dennis Lilly, who was probably the most famous cricketer in the world at the time, certainly non-English cricketer, um, he brought his autograph book out and asked her to sign the <laughs> autograph. And she shushed him and she, and she just said, I'm not allowed to sign autographs in public. And he put it back in his pocket and nothing further was said. And, uh, and I remember him talking about this years later and he said, and uh, a couple of weeks later I got a letter saying, I'm very sorry, Dennis. I would have loved to have given you this, but mm. if I sign one autograph, yeah, um, here is an autograph book opened with my royal stamp and my signature on the first Aww. page for you. <laughs> and you sort of think yeah. there and go, she sort of gets it, like mm-hmm. you know. And that's the pressure that somebody is on under those circumstances, where you think, yeah, you know, she's got hundreds of public appearances a year, mm-hmm. and you're going and you're shaking hands or whatever. You can't. She couldn't have signed Dennis Lilly's autograph book. Because every person after that would have had an autograph yeah. book, and the and then it's not the shake of hands. It's it takes not five seconds, but two minutes every time. Well, I remember so on, so. we went to the um, atheist conference, right? Yeah, back in yeah. two thousand and ten, and met Richard Dawkins. Mm-hmm. And I remember lining well, up to have him. 
I remember lining up though to have my books signed. Yeah. And there were probably a thousand people lined up, literally. Yeah. Like, because yeah. it was straight after the conference had finished for the day or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he was just sitting there and um, he signed every single book. Yeah. And you're just like, my God, How dude. Many secrets he, has he, he was made there for hours. He was yeah. literally there for yeah. hours and he would have a chat with each person. The irony is like, that these God. are, it's not like he was selling his books at the conference. No. So he's not making you any brought money. Your out own, of this. Yeah. Well, you brought your own. Yeah. Well, they probably were somewhere, but yeah. Um, I didn't see them. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, but I, I remember thinking that and being like, "Jesus!" So yeah, imagine if you were the queen doing yeah, signatures, exactly. you'd be like, "I <laughs> think some people." Are, I, I know I've seen, um, uh, and yeah, you know, I, I harp on about yeah, you know, a Canadian TV show and one of their stars. But I saw. <laughs> you wanna, a, do you want to tell everyone what show it is uh, so they can go check it out? Heartland, <laughs> and the main Amber Marshall should Amber be giving Marshall. you money. She should. I, I should be her Australian publicist. But Sounds I remember like seeing a, a video of her, because she's a horsey sort of person anyway, and she plays a now a young woman, but a girl originally. It would be weird if she really was still playing horses. It would be, yeah. Season 75. Well, she started off playing a 15-year-old when she was 18, and yeah. it's 16 seasons later. But, yeah. um, but I remember seeing a few years ago a video of her at a, um, a public event. It might have been a rodeo or a show you know, somewhere. And she was you know, out riding horses and things. Um, doing you know, and emceeing, I think, the event. And at the end of the show, she was sitting on her horse at the side of the thing with people lined up. And you could, in the initial shot, you could see about 20 people lined up mm. um, to have a chat and get a signature. And then the person who was taking the video panned around and the entire stadium, the circle <laughs> around the stadium was lined up. <laughs> With people waiting there, and at the yeah. bottom they said, and she waited and talked to every person. Kind of, I can't and imagine the that, sense of responsibility you yeah. have. Like, I imagine that it gets tiring yeah. after a while. Yeah. And but she makes that, nothing out of that. Yeah. Well, yeah, she does. She gets yeah, goodwill. She gets goodwill. From her fans, she yeah. gets goodwill. And yes, people will go to her website and buy her merchandise and stuff. But in the end, it's not like she's charging ten dollars a person or whatever. She'll just yeah. sit there for hours. It's the long game, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> it's the long game. Every single one of those people is probably worth a hundred bucks. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, anything else to add or are you all done? No, I'm done. Once cool. we get to Amber Marshall, we're finished. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, thanks for indulging us, guys. Hopefully you got something out of this episode, if, if nothing more than just a little bit of entertainment. Yeah. But, see ya. Yeah, see you later. <laughs>